0: John 15, 8, Jesus says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Right? In the words of uh, Pope St. John Paul II, he said, Those who have come into genuine contact with Christ cannot keep him for themselves. They must proclaim him. Our love for Jesus impels us to share him with others, and our desire that God may be glorified in our works drives us to strive for the salvation of souls, wherein he reveals his glory most clearly.
1: Welcome to the Stories from the Street. I'm Brian. Thanks for joining us today. In this podcast, we interview Bob Wilson. Bob is our director of St. Paul Street Evangelization, and he's been evangelizing with us since 2012, which is when we began. He's evangelized at parish functions, college campuses, sporting events, parks, downtown areas, and libraries. He's also a team leader for the Archdiocese of Detroit Festival team, and he's co-led several basic evangelization training events. In this episode, we cover what motivated Bob to start evangelizing and review why evangelization is important for our mission as a church today. Give me joy in the morning as I... uh, Bob. Yes. So let, let's just jump into it. Like what inspired you to start evangelizing?: Well. You know, I, I wish I could say that the, just the love of God
0: inspired me to get out there and just start talking to people about um, Jesus and his Catholic church, but that's not how it went. The reason I started was just total selfishness on my part. Before my conversion, yeah, I was living this life of sin, and I didn't care about anything but myself. I was a compulsive gambler. I regularly watched porn, and those are just a few of the sins that I was into. And after years of that, I was just far from God. You know, because that's how it is in the spiritual life. We're either moving toward God or away from God. We're never just at a standstill. There's no plateaus in the spiritual life.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so just from years and years of sin, I just was farther and farther away from God. The light inside me from my baptized baptism, it was just getting smaller and smaller. And a consequence, I believe, of being just so far from God, just after creating, having sinful life for decades, despair crept in, right? And I think that's just built into us naturally. If, you, if, if you're just so far from God, you're not going to feel peace. And so despair crept in, and it should, I think. And I started to panic about what would become of me after death. I wasn't afraid of hell, oddly enough. I was afraid that God didn't even exist and that death would be the end of me and I would just cease to exist for all eternity. And that was the worst thing for me. If God wasn't there, there wasn't anything anybody could do about that.
2: That's interesting because I think a lot of people would be more fear of hell or fear of damnation. that God is going to, you know, is going to get them, but um, to be, to be afraid that just, there's nothing, the great void. Yeah. That, that's an interesting, that's an interesting part of the path.
0: Yeah, it was just that, that whole possibility, even the possibility, right? I wasn't sure that there was no God. I didn't believe that, but I was like at like 10%, even if, There's a 10% chance that there's no God, and that would be the end of me. Just that little bit of possibility was enough to just put me in this constant state of anxiety. It happened in my mid-30s, and I was thinking, oh, man, this is how it's going to be the rest of my life. I'm just going to be – there's nothing I can do about that. Because when you're in that state of despair, you don't see any way out. You can't imagine feeling any different. I started asking people in my life um, what they thought. you know, Because I was looking around, and I'm like, why are people – concerned about this like me, you know, am I just special that way? And so I would ask people at work, what do you, th- what do you think about God? What do you think about life after death? Do you believe in all that stuff? And I, I asked them and I was wondering if they were confident about it and how they came to those conclusions. And I had some few, I had a few co-workers who were Christians and they, they like talking about these things and, but none of them were Catholic, by the way. Catholics don't normally have those type of conversations. The one I was accustomed to. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What What's a Catholic going to do? Talk about their faith. Did you try <laughs> yeah. to talk to
1: Catholics, Bob, or just, there just happened to be none around? Yeah. I talked to anybody. Yeah. And, and they would,
0: I would ask them, are you Christian? And some would mm-hmm. say, yeah. And then I asked them if they're Catholic. They were, it was always a no. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so the, the ones who were able to want to talk about it, they were not Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, I just asked them and I noticed that when I was having these conversations, I wasn't in a pit of despair. I was like, Hey, I, I got lost in that conversation. I got swept away in it. And it was exciting. And, you know, I, I just forgot all my problems. And so that was like a, a clear sign from God that you're on the right path. And this is what you should be doing. Right. And so that's how I got involved in evangelization. So the number one reason for me was, it brought me peace. God blessed me for it, right?
2: Yeah, that's, um, you're, you're right there with Saint Ignatius. You oh, know, yeah. as, he was, as he was healing, you know, he, he's a soldier and he got his leg busted in battle and he is, as he's healing, sometimes he would read the lives of the saints and sometimes he would read some other things. And what brought him peace was reading the lives of the saints. Mm-hmm. A little bit of the Holy Spirit in his heart um, brought in peace. And that's how he came up with the, all of the, the spiritual exercises and everything. So you're, you're right there with them. You're right there with them on that.
1: <laughs> Good. I'm glad I'm glad it just wasn't me. It seems like a natural thing. What were you going to hmm. say, Brian? Well, I was just saying it's interesting. We're talking about evangelization. I think there's this underlying assumption that you have everything figured out before you can evangelize. And we're using this term evangelizing, how God's given you peace, even in the midst of your discernment of trying to even figure out if God's real so you're having conversations about faith asking deep questions about life and by doing that you know making God real like the, the this path of discovery was also a means of evangelization is what I hear you saying
0: yeah it totally was I was not an expert and mm-hmm. even when I decided to hit the streets after you know seeking for a year I knew nothing you know I knew very basic things like Jesus died for my sins I had no idea that God wanted to make me a partaker of the divine nature and how the sacraments worked and all these other things. I was just getting out there, just telling people that Jesus died for my sins on a purely natural level. You know, just I could escape from hell and I didn't have any idea about all the great things. And so you don't need to be an expert. Right.
2: That's true. That's true. And one of the other mystics is St. Bernard of Clairvaux. And he's talking about the different steps in the spiritual life. And you said it was selfish reasons And, and again, that's just, that is a natural thing. You know, we start out in our life quite often with love of self for self, just self-indulgence. We're doing what we, you know, and and that's how we are. And then there's this light that comes on as we start to look for God. And quite often that first step is love of God for self sake. I love God because he makes me feel better, you know, And, and, and it sounds like it's a selfish thing, but it's the first step in a relationship. You know, you're attracted to someone, they make you feel good, they make you feel better, they make you feel worthy, whatever it is. And that's the first step in any relationship. So why wouldn't it be the first step as you're developing your relationship with Christ?
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, they say the fear of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? Right.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: there's there's two kinds of fear. There's a filial fear, and then there's a servile fear. Um, the one I would had at the beginning was that servile fear. I was afraid. Oh man, I'm all worried about me. What's going to happen to me? But those are both mm-hmm. gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? It's a good thing that I was afraid of going to hell. That's not a bad thing. And so I did. I wanted to obey Him so I wouldn't go to hell, right? If we start evangelizing because we're afraid of God, that's okay, right? There's nothing wrong with that. And I know a lot of people not say, not afraid of
2: God." But not so much afraid of God, but of af- the fear of the Lord where it's um, the awesomeness of God and, and, and you you feel unworthy of that. Not like, I'm afraid God's going to hit me with a lightning bolt. Or do you mean, I'm afraid God's going to hit me with a lightning bolt?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was afraid that I'm, you know, as I got to know God more, I was afraid I was going to hell, right? And so I'm like, I'm going to okay. go evangelize. I'm going to go evangelize. And after years of it, then I start, started to mature into the good fear of the Lord the mature fear of the Lord where it's like oh man he's so awesome I don't want to disappoint him he's done all these great things for me he is so good that I want to go out there and make him proud of me I want to bring his other sons and daughters into the fold and so yeah but we shouldn't we shouldn't poo poo the servile fear of the Lord because it's a great start
1: whatever gets you on the right oh, yeah. path I think it's where Steve started right or totally yeah he was far yeah. from god he was a
0: criminal <laughs> he mm-hmm. was into drugs and he that's what got him started
1: and for yeah that's- those, many of those who are on our listening on facebook or YouTube, may know steve dawson is the founder of this apostolate and there was a, a big part of his own conversion it's just recognizing that god is real and that he might not be with him for eternity you know and so that's what got him started on the path to be able to share a faith
0: yeah so, so that's the number one reason, my number yeah. one reason.
1: It's, yeah. it's, it's God's benefits. It's God's, yeah.
0: he blesses us.
1: So what are some other reasons? I know you said that's the number one. Are there any others?
0: Yeah, that was my number one. The real number one reason <laughs> should be the <laughs> salvation of souls, right? It's mm-hmm. the main, main thing. Jesus says uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, he says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Right? So there are ultimately only two paths in life. One path that leads to life and light, and the other that leads to death and darkness. Um the first is the way of the love of God, and the second is the way of sin and love of self. Romans six twenty-three says that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so love demands that we, his sons and daughters, um, we make people aware of these two paths and encourage them to take the right one, right? We want them to take the path to God. Life with him, F-C. that's the fulfillment of every one of our desires. And we got to let them know that life without God ultimately gives us no good, no happiness, no joy, no life. It's just a life of darkness, death, destruction, and loss. You know, if somebody has the greatest life ever, Brian, they've got the perfect wife the perfect job they've invented a cure for cancer and they end up in hell their life will be a total disaster it would have been better if they they were never born
1: yeah and but the question is is why is that right like why why would that be the case like why would god that make it better <laughs> like why would god bless someone in this life but only in eternity for them not to be with them but it, it comes down to our freedom right like we have free choice and in if we go back and we take Christianity for what is the creation story that God made us for union with him. Right. And by our free choice, that we deny that union, we saying, God, like, I'd rather put my love of self above you. Well, ultimately God's going to give us what you want. Instead of we saying thy will be done, we say my will be done. And that's what happens at the end of this life, which is my will be done. I want to serve myself and not you, God. God says you can have that for all eternity. And what that's hell. Like hell is not being able to be a gift of self to God, which is actually what we're made for. And I think interestingly, uh, that's what the Christian life, we can actually begin living that will even now, right? And and that's why you see that Christians who are living their life are actually full of joy and happiness, not because they're serving themselves, but because they're serving God. And that's the way that we actually evangelize as well, right? Yeah. And even these people have experienced all these
0: those great things, all these, they're always still searching for more and more and more. And that's why I think, that's, that's why in the gospels, I think it says, blessed are the poor because the people that don't have a lot they see the need for God, right? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, totally.
2: I love how you talked about your the light of from your baptism was dimming because of your sin, and um, and then that as you learned more, it it, it sparked up. All of this, um, our spiritual life is is led by the Holy Spirit. You know, we, it's not like I'm just going to like grit it out and man and do it on my own power. It's always in cooperation with the with the God who loves us more than ever, who's calling us, who's reaching out for us. He's knocking on the door, um, waiting for us to open. And it's just our cooperation with that grace that that pulls us out of the pit, that that moves us from earthly. Um, existence, earthly cares, earthly love, to this this supernatural love, which is what you need to love your neighbor enough to bring them, you know. Because sometimes it's not popular when you have to, when you evangelize and you're and you're telling them about an eternity, that they want nothing to do with.
0: That's right. That's right. And I'm glad you brought up the baptism because I believe because I was baptized, you know, that tug came so clear when I started the struggle. I just knew. That Jesus was the way to go. And, you know, that that baptism, it leaves an indelible mark on your soul. Even, you know, when you died of mortal sin and you're dead spiritually, you still have that mark on your soul, pulling you back, drawing you back in, right? Mm -hmm.
2: You've mentioned that before. You say, I'd much rather evangelize someone who is baptized and fallen away. someone that's never been baptized at all because they have the spark i mean you i've heard you mention that after evangelization outings and such
0: yeah it's it's so true and thank god for that because who knows where i'd be without it but it's also a great responsibility so when you have when you do baptize your babies don't just think it's something you do because your mom had you do it and wants you to do it it is a great responsibility to start to raise them up and teach them the faith and to teach them these truths about how now you're child of god and with it becomes responsibilities and because of it you're going to be have you have you know you have great a lot more grace
1: and because of that you're going to be judged accordingly amen And it's, it's not something that's magic, right? Like this divine life that comes into him, it's, it's there, but something that we have to cooperate with. And you even, again, going back to creation story, Adam and Eve, who were in full communion with God still had the freedom to be able to reject him. And they did, which is why it it actually corrupted our nature, which is why we uh, are tend towards sin even now. And by baptism, if we cooperate with the grace given to us through baptism, as promised by Jesus, then we can live the life that we were called to, but we just need to be able to cooperate with it. And and also recognizing that baptism is, is the beginning and one of the most important is, I mean, arguably the most important sacrament that um, are, are, th- that begins the Christian life, right? And we need to quote the Eucharist, confession, and all the other sacraments are there to help sustain the relationship that's given to us through that sacrament of baptism.
0: Yeah, it's easy. It's, it's super easy to enter into a state of grace, but staying there. There's the rub.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I guess I've never heard it that way, but that's so true. So we have two reasons to evangelize. Your number one is because um, God will bless you for evangelizing. And your number two was for the salvation of souls, to bring souls to God. Um, what, What else you got?
0: Yeah, the salvation of souls, the people we evangelize, as well as our own souls. Because like I said, it bears responsibility when you become a child of God. You forfeit the gift by just you know resting on your laurels. The third one is, well, Jesus commands us to do it. All authority, in Matthew 28, Jesus says, "'All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. "'Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, "'baptizing them in the name of the Father, "'and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, "'teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you.'" So Beth, Brian, I got a question for you guys. Go and make disciples
1: of all nations. Does that sound like a command or a suggestion? Well, if you go to the very next line, Bible, uh, Bob, I'm pretty sure in the Bible it says, "If you feel like it, no. um, <laughs> your time, time is
0: yeah. right."
1: Unless you're exhausted,
2: is
0: that the message? I'm not sure. I had that one, that version.
2: Well, it's what you just said, and I, I don't want it to, you said it quickly, and I want to make sure we highlight it. When you talked about the salvation of souls, the number two reason is you evangelize for the salvation of souls, and you said, for the people we're speaking with and for ourselves, right? Yeah, and right. I think sometimes people forget that, and that's what this is saying right here.
0: It's totally a command. You got it. And what did Jesus say in John 14? He says, if you love me, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. That's the ultimate ultimate um, test what do you give the god that has everything all we can give him is our obedience right so if we don't keep his commandments we don't love him and if we don't love him do you think we can go to heaven now that's why paul in 1 corinthians 9 16 says the necessity of preaching the gospel is laid upon him he actually says woe to me if i don't preach the gospel and that woe isn't just for paul it's for us too right if we don't evangelize In the Catechism, paragraph 1816, it says, So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. So that paragraph, it lets us know evangelizing, sharing our faith, it's necessary for salvation. And it makes sense if you think about it. If I love God, how can I not share this great gift with his other children?
2: I think of people who really love um, like the Georgia Bulldogs or some other teams. <laughs> the they don't keep it to themselves, you know yeah. people the they're, they're face painted all the stuff people do to share something as simple as a, a, uh, a team but why why are we hesitant to share the best news ever?
1: Yeah, something's amiss if, if that's the case, right We're not where we need to be. I'm just glad we're all in agreement that the Georgia Bulldogs are the best team in college football. So (laughs) that is a unanimous fact. I agree, that's the top point.
2: I agree, except Mm -hmm. for never mind.
1: (laughs) Uh, I actually just heard today that Notre Dame is opening up for the fall anyways. Very, getting, <laughs> getting back digress. to the gospel, do so we digress getting back to scripture it's interesting because I was as you read that quote from Matthew where um, whoever denies before me and I will also deny before my father I just immediately just went to St. Peter who we spoke about recently who denied God uh, Jesus right before the cross but no matter what like we have his forgiveness it comes down to there's like this desire to follow God that could be in our hearts but then when you actually get out there there's a there's a difficulty, especially when you're fearful of the response. And so I think that's something that you have to cope with as Christians is like, God, how do we overcome that desire and that fear, even though if in our hearts, I mean, Jesus just professed, or Peter just professed to Jesus that he was willing to die with him. And then literally moments later, denies him before other men. So there is that tension between this love for God that can fill our hearts, and then this fear that can creep in as we desire to share it. I think that's something that's, worth noting that even our first pope had that struggle.
0: That's yeah. so true. It's true. Wow. And um you know, Jesus says, you know, Peter's like he's sitting there with Jesus, he's got all his buddies around. He's real brave, right? <laughs> and mm-hmm. but when he gets out there and it's the world and the, you know the world is the devil's it's his kingdom basically. And so you've got these angels not angels, we got the demons in our ear. We got the world who hates who hates us jesus said. And so we've got to fight through that. And one of the things jesus says is if you want to be my disciple, guess what? You're going to have your own cross. You got to pick it up if you want to be my disciple. So I I'm, I'm always reminded of a father who, who always said no cross, no crown. Right? Oh. No pain, no gain. No pain, yeah. no gain.
2: But you don't have to start out perfect. You know, I always tell people when they when they mess up i tell myself this all the time when you mess up like you had the opportunity but you didn't have the boldness or you know like peter it was a slave girl a slave girl that said something he couldn't he wasn't even bold enough to admit it to a slave girl so whenever we fumble with our with our freedom for evangelizing we remember that um we we don't have to be perfect at once and each time it's an opportunity to grow So that the next time we see that situation, oh, like I didn't see it coming. I didn't know what to do, but I learned now. So the next time it comes, I will be more prepared. So whenever whenever you stumble, it's an opportunity to be prepared for the next time.
1: I guess I'm also thinking that even after Peter saw Jesus rise from the dead, you see in scripture where the apostles are literally in the room locked for fear of the Jews and it wasn't until the Holy Spirit descended upon them that they went out. Yes. And so it's like that necessary aspect of evangelization where we don't have to be perfect, but we just have to trust. Again, by ba- if you've been baptized, you've received the grace of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come in you and given you the grace to say yes to the Lord and to proclaim God. And like that's what we're going to need as Catholics if we're going to be able to go out there and really bear fruit is to ask for the Holy Spirit to be with us because that's what that was the difference between Peter who denied Christ and the Peter who proclaimed Christ uh, to in the Peter that was our uh, you know our first Pope. huge
2: difference the Holy yeah. Spirit just just rolls in there and like gives us the strength so we have to draw on that strength
0: mm-hmm. Yeah we do have that gift of boldness but it takes practice even boldness takes practice. Mm -hmm. but walk away with that you got to practice being bold sometimes you're going to shy away and maybe you're going to be evangelizing and you're going to be talking about Jesus with a Protestant and you're not going to pull the trigger on hey have you ever considered becoming Catholic and then you're going to think ah next time I'm going to ask him to be Catholic so don't be discouraged boldness takes practice Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. that's for sure
1: yeah Bob uh, were there any other reasons that you begin evangelizing or that we should evangelize there's another reason. The proclamation of the gospel brings
0: joy, right? And so I talked about how servile feel, fear was the start for me, and that we should move into that, that failure of fear, right? And that's when we love God for who he is, as opposed to what he can do for us. This is a more mature faith, and it gives you a greater joy. And it's more more about this sense of, oh, whew, I'm safe. It's more about this, oh, man, God gives me this great dignity as his child to be able to bring somebody else into his kingdom. And let me quote Mark 10. He said, um, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in, the, in this age and in the age to come to eternal life. So Jesus isn't just not just just referring to the reward in heaven after we die. It also refers to the joy, which is the life of our soul now right? So when we give up our convenience, our own time, our possessions, our own lives for Jesus and the sake of the gospel, we'll find life. You know, we're going to find joy. Pope Francis said when the church summons Christians to take up the task of evangelization, she is simply pointing out to the source of authentic personal fulfillment. For here, we discover a profound law of reality that life is attained and matures in the measure that it is offered up in order to give life to others, this is certainly what mission means. End quote.
2: I love that sense of mission. We're not just stagnant. we we're 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 going somewhere. We're on a mission,
0: right? And it's a job. And the job, you know how you do a good job, you feel rewarded. Well, think about eternal life kind of work and bringing people to heaven kind of work. Feel about that joy? You're going to get such a peace. such a Peace and a sense of joy. When you get that first person who you see that light go out in their eye, we're like, "Oh man, the gospel
1: message really made an impact." And I think that's the key, Bob, of what you just said is, you know, when you proclaim Christ and it's actually received, it's it really it becomes joyful moment for both of you. And I'm just thinking, I remember I was on the college campus before they all started closing, and I am sharing with this one student who genuinely he actually did grow up Catholic, had fallen away was asking a lot of the same questions that you did. And I was like, you know, what if there's a God who actually made you, who loves you, who desires to be in relationship with you. And I know you've been away, but he wants you to come back and he has a plan for your life. I think he had a lot of despair about not really knowing what his plans were. And if, if his life even had any meaning at all. And if there's a big difference between going through life and really believing that this was all for nothing, that we are, we just define our own destiny. And at the end of life, there's nothing. And that there's a good God who created the world. And not just created the world but like loves loved us into existence and desires that relationship with us and wants us to respond to him freely in that love and we have an opportunity to do that now and i invited him into that opportunity and you know we went through had some bible studies together and it was it was amazing to see like he that reception that he had was a joyful one you know this idea and this reality that we profess as christians became real for him and it was amazing to see like there's real joy when people accept that and there's real joy that happens uh, because we, we believe that god it god is love and then when you enter into relationship and when communion with god uh, a natural fruit of that is going to be joy that's,
2: that's right so true i like how bob says that every person from the history of all mankind that has ever been made ever been born was made for god and so it's, it's like our proposition of the gospel message is a proposition of good news. It's not like it's not like it's bad news like okay, here's this struggle for you. It's like here's the answer that you're looking for. I mean we're all infinite. we're searching for the infinite. We will never find it. We will never find it here.
0: That's right. It's a universal thing. so you don't have to be out there on the street looking at like, is this person should I talk to them or maybe this person will be received. everybody. And the history of history was designed by God to be receptive to this message. And so, yeah, be confident in that and be confident that you're out there
1: doing what God wants you to do.
0: And he's going to look out for you.
1: And I think it is helpful. I know you began speaking to people uh, about the faith and having questions about it, even before you had really received God in your own heart to begin with. I know you received the baptism. But anyway, it's like if we're in communion with God, if we're praying to God, if we uh, share that in that love of God is, it becomes easier to be able to really believe that we have good news, you know? <laughs> so it's really important for us to share our faith, but it's also really, really important for us to to live it out. And what does that look like? What does it look like to love God? And I think that's why we as Catholics, believe, like, we go to mass every Sunday because we love God and we want to worship him. And this is how he asks us to worship him. And we want to pray because this God gave us an opportunity to commune with him in prayer and we want to do that. And so like evangelization has this natural tie to relationship with God, because that's really what, and, and at its core, what we're offering others.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that that moves into my final reason. The last reason we have to evangelize is our love for Jesus and God's greater um, glory. John fifteen eight, Jesus says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples, right? In the words of uh, Pope St. John Paul II, he said, those who have come into genuine contact with Christ cannot keep him for themselves. They must proclaim him. Our love for Jesus impels us to share him with others, and our desire that God may be glorified in our works drives us to strive for the salvation of souls, wherein he reveals his glory most clearly. The the glory of God is a human fully alive. And when I read that, it struck me i remember growing up i would always hear these these things that, like atheists say oh heaven what is that giving god glory for all eternity like we're up there on a cloud saying god you're great over and over again for all eternity but that's not what that means beth what does that mean to be uh, the glory of god as a human fully alive
2: well, when i think of that and i think of john paul too i think about how he said um when he did uh theology of the body that uh you're not fully human until you give a gift of yourself to others and you know, we're made for each other. We're made to be part of the body of Christ. And, and, and that's how we are fully alive, being a part of the body of Christ. Anything, anytime we're away from that, you know, it'd be like, you know, if you cut, um, you cut a plant off of, a, off the vine, right? You cut a plant, you you put it in water and cut a uh, flower off and put it in water and it's okay for a while, but then it dies. And if we're away from God, if we aren't part of who God created us to be, self-sacrificing with the whole body of Christ, we're missing because that's what God made us for.
0: Yeah. And so that glory, that glory of a human being falling alive is God giving him the power to overcome all of our sin, to overcome our selfishness, and then just to be love in the flesh, love in human form. And Jesus right now is in human form up in heaven. And so that's, that's glorious. Right. And we get to
1: share in that.
2: I love that. Sharing God's divine life.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, just again, going back to the promise that if we're really made for God and we're made for him, it it shows that God is good because by loving him, we become fully alive. And so we actually give him glory. We bring about his kingdom and other people can see it. Like what does it look like to love God? And if, if people looked at Christians and was like, well, if it looks like to love God, to be like uh, not in a state of joy or to to be sad all the time, it's like, well, that's not very good. <laughs> like, I don't want that. There should be a natural draw to Christianity just because of our joy of discovering Christ. And it doesn't mean that we're always happy or that we have to be fake or anything like that. But there's a real sense of joy that comes with knowing there's a God who's personal, who's with us through everything And I think people can see that. They can see Christians who have a God who really believe there's a God who's with them always through the good and the bad and consistently giving glory and thanks for their life. And they have this desire and this hope, hope that we are going to be able to be with the God who loves us for eternity. Um,
2: That was, that's beautiful. That's so true. That's so true.
1: So let's give them the five
0: takeaways before we go. Okay. First one is, it brings you peace, evangelizing. Two, save souls—the people we encounter—and those ourselves. The third, it brings joy,
1: and the fourth, it brings glory to God. Well, thanks, Bob. Thanks for coming and sharing a little bit about your story, and you know these what what evangelization does for us and what it does for our church. And I just pray that those uh, anyone who is listening to this that they find it helpful. And if you are inspired, I invite you to go to our website, StreetEvangelization.com. We have a lot of great ways. If you're asking yourself, I want to evangelize, but I don't know how or where do I begin? Uh, we've made a lot of resources that are absolutely free uh, for you right now. We have a lot of past webinars on there about how to evangelize during this pandemic. We also have a lot of training on there and how to share the gospel message, how to pr- create in your own testimony and be able to write it out so you can share it with others, how to pray with other people, things that will bring about God's kingdom and glory for you and for those in your life. You know, the church exists to evangelize. And that's
0: where we come in. So we want to help you be a great evangelist. We want to help you get to heaven and help you get
1: others to heaven too. So partner with us. Do you have anything else to add, Beth?
2: The easiest way to get started when you go to our website, you can look at all the free stuff, but there's a get involved right at, the, right at the top of the page. Get involved and see how there might be a team right near you, or you can start your own team and just get out there and share God's love. All right. God, bless
0: God bless you all. Bless.
2: Thank you, Bob, for sharing.
0: My pleasure. Thanks, guys.